You're listening to The Next Dimension. Dragon Ball Z presents Two Inside Boo, Boo's Inside Boo, and the Boo of Pure Evil. 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 Again, to the next dimension, a Dragon Ball Z podcast, one out of many, I'm sure. Uh, my name is Don- if you've never heard of this show before, my- <laughs> I'm Donovan, and as always, I am joined by my friend Jesse. How are you doing, sir? I am well, and hi ho, listeners. Hi ho! <laughs> we are about. This is technically the first uh, episode recorded in the month of. Or the month, <laughs> no, uh, in the year 2015. The last episode we recorded like in the in the final hours of 2014. But this is the first one we're recording in the new year, so we shall get this out in the month of February. It's, it's slightly later than, than uh, originally intended, but uh, you, should, you should be getting this out fairly quickly because February is a short month. So Jesse, how have been things going in the last in the first uh, month of January for you? Things are going good. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the year. I've got a lot of good things up in the air, obviously, with a wedding and such. Oh, yes. But I've got I've got good vibes, and and I'm hoping for the best. So absolutely, I'm excited for the summer and warm weather. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> lousy, lousy smart weather, as I always say. Um, oh, one thing, uh, real quick before we get to the emails, because we, we have some solid emails. Um, it's not even really uh, related to DBZ necessarily, but did you hear that they're making a live action adaptation of Ghost in the Shell? Starring, uh, I I have heard that. Yeah, starring starring Scarlett Johansson. Um, it, I, I only bring it up because like we we talked about it a couple of months ago with the Dragon Ball Evolution uh, uh, discussion. Um, it's an interesting case because they're adapting an anime and they're they're starring an American actress. Do you have any thoughts or any sort of opinion on that? Because I, I don't think I don't believe that you're like a not, neither am I a Die in the Wool Ghost in the Shell fan. But just in terms of like an anime movie being made, what do you think about that? Uh, I I saw the film. Uh, I guess like no. five years ago. Oh, the '95 film. Yeah, the the original. Sweet, yeah, I, I, uh, I own that one. Years ago, um, I know they they just come out with another one, right? Or like a third? I don't uh, know how many they had. I think that like I know that there's there's like there's a several series. There's a like standalone complex, second gig, and I believe recently there's an Arise series. I'm not a, high, a, a diehard Goshen Cell fan, but I knew of, of much about it. So I think that like a recent series has come out with it. Yeah, so I, I, I'm vaguely familiar with it. I watched it years ago and, and didn't really 
retain that much of it. But where the main thing I, I think that differs between this and you looking at Dragon Ball's uh, evolutions casting mm-hmm. is that uh, she's proven herself as an action hero. And as a sci-fi with sci-fi films and such, so I think she can handle the, the role probably, mm-hmm. but that stigma is still there of, of casting a non-Asian actor in an Asian property. Right, right. And I, I mean, honestly, if you're going to cast a a white person, like it, it makes sense to go with Scarlett Johansson because she's everywhere now. Yes, yeah, she is, and, she, and she's also very good. So I like her. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I think. Um, if that movie Eon Flex would have been made five years later, you would have gotten her instead of Charlize Theron. Oh yeah, <laughs> I remember that. Like, like you know, she she's the go-to person right now, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'll go see it. I'm I'm sure I will. Uh, I I enjoy her work, but you know, I I don't know. Being as not not as familiar with the with the series, I don't know how much of it is really steeped in the Asian. Culture? Well, the character's name is Motoko Kusanagi, so there's that. <laughs> exactly, right? Like that's that's not exactly you, you can't really have a direct translation of that. Right, that's not exactly Bulma briefs. <laughs> you know, it's like where, whereas at least Dragon Ball is a different type of Earth, and right. the characters are not given any specific you know nationality. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's just a reflection up. of the creator. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, 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 those are kind of I mean, like. Uh, I love the 95 film. I've not really seen much of the seri- different series, although I, I love the music as well. But um, it's a, we, we brought this up and we just kind of talked it out with Daniel when we did our uh, third year anniversary talking about Dragon Ball Evolution in terms of the casting. We are talking about like you know when they did decide to choose non-Asian actors for it, because most of the actors were Asian, of Asian de- descent. They kind of went with the ones that were a bit more ambiguous, which I thought was actually like you know kind of meeting the casting halfway. Even though I may have preferred a, a Japanese Goku, but with this... It's tricky because the character of the major uh, Motoko Kusanagi is, she's I mean like you know with that name she's you you get a Japanese derivation from it, but she's, because she is a cyborg she is kind of you know created, I guess it doesn't restrict her to a nationality but it's kind of tricky because the aesthetic of it is very um, is very kind of Japanese so it, it's it's a kind of a toss in the air and I thought that it would be just interesting bringing that up. Uh, not, not that we're going to review it or anything, but like it, it kind of reminded me of that conversation beforehand. So I thought I just I agree. And do, I have a question: Do you think that? Do you think it's always going to be looked at disparagingly? Uh, like, it, it, there's always going to be that stigma attached if that if that happens. It would be very interesting to see this like be very successful. Um, then, or do you think there will ever be a situation where it's accepted and? We can look at it like, okay, you know, because I think the the biggest difference you can have is if you look at a film like The Departed, which is based on a Korean film. That's a, yeah, that, it's yeah. looked at as an American adaptation of it, as opposed to whitewashing the cast of a Korean film. That's a good. That's a very good point. I remember bringing it up somewhere that like it's. I think I mentioned it before. But. It's not exactly like. The, you know, a film adaptation is, is, is making Ghost in the Shell, and they just hired ScarJo. This is the, an American adaptation in, in every sense of the word. I mean, like, Dragon Ball Evolution was an American adaptation because there's been one or two Asian uh, J- Dragon Ball films. So, you kind of got to put it in that okay, context. Here's a, good, here's a good example I have, both of live-action films, but The Departed it was an, an, a film of Asian creation. Yeah, it was, original, it was a remake and, of uh, Infernal Affairs. Yeah, and... You also have a film like Old Boy, which was a Korean film, mm-hmm. Korean horror, well, horror movie. 
that when you cast an actor like Josh Brolin in the main role, people were like, what, what the oh, heck? Yeah. You know? <laughs> so it, it's like you, you have two examples here where people have altering opinions of it. So I, I don't, I don't think there's a clear cut answer. I think that like, it's true because like those old boy was a remake of a, of a Korean film, which in itself I believe was based on a manga. So the adaptation mm-hmm. from, from one medium to live action was already made. And the American version was just sort of like a re, a re, uh, Sort of just re up on it. Uh, so I think I think if anything could be compared, it could be that. I don't believe. I don't. I'm pretty sure there's no live action Ghost in the Shell films to date, but this will be the first. So do you think it, the the more it gets distilled into adaptations, the more widespread it is, the more accepting people become of it? I think that's true because uh, because I think that like there's no shortage of Ghost in the Shell content out there, but although it's it's animated, I think there's some games out there. I think that if you want to bring it to a, a wider audience. I think people don't like the idea that you need to, like, you know... It's like we're talking about with, with Sailor Moon, like, you know, when they, uh, like, change things to American or whatever or not. You don't want to change it from what it is. So I think there, there's uh, stipulations with that. But it is... It's, there's no defined line to it. I think that, like, with this property, you know, it's, it's a bit trickier. But there has been precedence that, you know, it's, it's not as damning as other instances have, have not been or have been. I can agree with that. Because, yeah, like I look at, you know, look at something like Old Boy and then look at other films and even going back and like, you know, farther back in literature and stuff. Uh, Captain Nemo as a character has always been portrayed as a white guy. But if you read the book, he's of Indian descent. <laughs> you know, and, that, and that's and that's literally just so ingrained in people's minds that they don't care anymore. That's true. And then people talk about, like, you know, like, like casting a black actor for James Bond. Like you know, like how far do you, how far do you go outside the nationality? How far do you go outside the race? It's I, see, I think that is a particularly dumb, particularly dumb reasoning because Sean Connery, the first James Bond, was Scottish. He wasn't even British. Yeah, that's true. And you, had, you, you know, you've had you've had Australians play him. Like so. That's right. Yeah, like I think in that particular instance, you know, Elders Alba, I think he'd be an awesome Bond. Oh. Or maybe would have been if he was maybe five years younger. Yeah, that's I think he's a little bit younger. I thought oh, uh, Craig's getting up a bit in age, in age. But yeah, no, like you had a. I think in terms of Bonds and all the six Bonds, I think that in terms of Britishness, technically Roger Moore and Daniel Craig are the only British. Because even uh, 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 Pierce Brosnan was, I believe. He's Irish. He's Irish, yeah. yeah. And Dalton was well, so you know that's that's not too far. I mean, they're 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 all British enough, but <laughs> yeah, well, well, to American audiences, it's, it's all oh, it's a British. Right, person. right. Although Connor's, I think, the most like extreme example, <laughs> and he was like he's like sort of like the trendsetter. Uh, but but this this is this isn't you know for your ears only, which I would recommend as a Chainsaw Podcast. It's great. Yeah, we're, we're, we're way off topic. This is going to be a good <laughs> yeah. We have, a, we have a, clearly we have a lot to say about these episodes, but um, no, 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 I, just, I just thought that might be interesting food for thought for all of our listeners out there. Anyway, let's get on to the emails. We have four, and I'll start read the first half, and just still finish with the second half. Our first uh, email is from a new writer in uh, a new writer, a new emailer, I should say, uh, named Joshua Chambers. He writes, or I should say, Zemerler, really. Joshua says, love the show, got a few questions. This is my first email, and I have a few questions. One, why couldn't have... uh, uh, I will say, this this first question is a bit difficult to make out, so I'll just read it as is. Why one couldn't have gone out, she did Majin Buu by making the hour longer? Um, So I'm not sure exactly what Josh was asking, so I will put the call out to rewrite and clarify that for me. Uh, Secondly... um, why couldn't Goten of Chunks have just walked out of Majin Buu's body if Vegeta and Goku can? 
that answer will be answered in the synopsis because uh, we, we do see why that is. Um, lastly, are you guys thinking about covering Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball GT? Love to see you guys keep on going. Sincerely, Joshua. Uh, you're not the first person to so ask that. the last that. question, refer to Don. Yeah, <laughs> you're not the first person that requests us to do Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball GT. Um, and again, I, I'll, I'll say never say never. I don't, have any, I don't have any immediate ideas. And I don't really want to do Dragon Ball GT, if I'm being honest. But... Um, I'll, I I don't like saying we will never do that because you never know what happens in the future. We're all, we're both pretty young. I appreciate the vote of confidence. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, I think that um, I would I would not mind doing something in terms of Dragon Ball Dragon Ball GT content, but I would hesitate over doing the show because uh, just I mean again I, I've seen a lot of Dragon Ball, I've seen some Dragon Ball GT, I know a lot about Dragon Ball GT, and it, I don't ever want to speaking for myself, I don't ever want to dedicate myself to something that I'm not wholly you know, interested in talking about constantly, I, I, which is why I've done so many Spider-Man shows. <laughs> but um, I, I would uh, if I, if, I, if we had any ideas, we would probably do it later on. But uh, never say never. That's what I would say about that. You know, th- th- this answer may sound like completely, or this this next sentence may sound completely arrogant and like so far out there. But I think I almost understand. How celebrities feel when someone asks them, "Hey, are you gonna do a sequel?" <laughs> <laughs> it is like you don't want to commit to anything. Yeah, it's like, well, we know it's not like we signed a contract for like you know three Dragon Ball podcasts. This <laughs> is one at a time, and Dragon Ball is the longest, so um, you never know. I mean, I, yeah, it's, it's one of those. Hey, I enjoy doing it, and as long as I continue enjoy doing it, and it's feasible to both of us, mm-hmm. um, you know, that that'd be something we I think we'd both be interested in on on some level. Uh, I do have one or two ideas for when we finish up. Not 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 after the show, but like you know, in the final see, days. See, now that that would be spun if we were celebrities. That would be spun into. They're gonna do Dragon it. Ball Next Dimension. Next Dimension prequel series happening. Donovan already has it written. Oh God, I really don't. <laughs> I, I don't have concepts. So basically, like you know, you know, so we can you know, live out the the, the final last the final ends of our days, kicking and screaming before you know, the content runs out. Uh, thank you, Joshua. <laughs> uh, I guess stay tuned. Maybe, maybe not. Don't don't take don't take any of that. Don't read into any of that. I know I, I can't help with those internet. Um, our next email and the only returning voice uh, this month is from our pal Alex Alex Evangeli with the subject title. You'll love this. Toriyama Ja ruled the Bruce Saga. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Uh, already taking Sasuke as a uh, phrase to heart. Good man. Alex Wright. We love Alex. Alex Wright. Dear Jessavin. <laughs> Sweet. Yes. First of all, thank you, Don, for sharing the link with me on Facebook. It's most appreciated. Oh, you're welcome. Talking about the uh, the Gohan song from last month. As for the episodes themselves, like you guys, I love Vegito's character and the mere concept of a fusion character. Whilst I see your criticism of the fight itself. For me, it was the best fight in the entire saga by virtue of Vegito's raw power and cool personality, combined with a handing, with handing Boo a thoroughly deserved ass-kicking. By this point in the saga, I guess my tolerance for Boo has waned to the point where it was cathartic to see him get continuously outfought for a change. Although I do feel that if Boo's regeneration gimmick hadn't worn thin for you before, surely this fight was a clincher. Totally. 
Whilst I see the complaints about the repetitiveness of the fight, for me, each new gimmick Boo pulled out was satisfyingly different enough that across four episodes, I was fine with it. Collapsing different dimensions, turning Vegito into candy, going inside him, <laughs> etc. These were all extreme measures which Vegito got out of in fairly different ways. Beating Boo by, him, by beating himself up, breaking through Boo's vice shout attack, and most hilariously kicking his ass as a piece of candy. They were different enough for me, I guess. Apart from that, yeah, there's not much to say as far as these episodes go, so I'll move on with a question or two. 1. Who do you feel is truly worse in terms of being a bad person slash individual? Vegeta, Boo, Cell, or Frieza? Personally, I would have to go with Frieza. The reason being that Vegeta ultimately was shaped by his experiences beyond his control and rejected his darker side in the end. As for Cell and Boo, they were literally created to be bad, with Cell even having the DNA from someone as bad as Frieza within him. Frieza, by contrast, wasn't created as a bad person, but simply chose to be anyway, delighting in being sadistic and even making other people, uh, other people like him. Plus, he delighted in genocide a bit too much. Uh, so what you say, Jesse? Who was the baddest of the bad guys? I think Frieza stands out just because he so much of the plot hinged on him. Mm-hmm. But I really enjoy the Cell arc. I, I enjoy just his design the most. Frieza was probably the most hated of the, the villains for me. I think Frieza, if you want to go by deeds, he's probably the most evil because he did kill a lot of people. Um, oh, Cell, it, it is tricky because Cell is, is slightly part of Frieza. He's, he's for, for lack of a better phrase, he's kind of a Frieza clone in terms of biology. Uh, but I would have to, based on what we see, I think Frieza is the clear winner because he's 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 a horrible person. I mean, he kills Dende. Uh you know, he he's killed he's killed countless countless planets. He was basically like you know a space mafia boss because if you remember way back in like the beginning of DBZ, the Saiyans worked for him like basically like, you know find planets, clean them out, and have them you know this diabolical real estate plan for Frieza. <laughs> so um, I, I'll agree that Frieza too. Frieza, you know, he's a douche and he's getting coming back, so we'll see him even eviler maybe. <laughs> Return of douche. Unless it's a comedy like Battle of Gods, but. <laughs> Um, two, what are your favorite quotes from the series thus far, and why? Um, I know I'll probably come back to this when we get finished the series proper, but, uh, um, I'm trying to think, there, there are some pretty, obviously, uh, one of my favorite quotes of all time is when, uh, Gohan meets Boo and says, you know, oh, you want to fight Boo? Fight you? No, I want to kill you. That was awesome. And I just saw, uh, a panel where Kyle Ebert, uh, uh, to say that that was his favorite quote to quote is Gohan as well so that was that's that's one that stands in my mind um, what about you Jesse any quotes that you like I can't remember the exact quote but I believe Frieza is something about grinding somebody to dust <laughs> there's some there's some good ones uh, like especially some ones that are so iconic that from the Japanese that they say them in the American version like uh, eventually the guys around to the whole you know my name is Son Goku and I'm a Super Saiyan one from Earth or uh I'm trying to think. Vegeta has some really good ones. Like one of one of, the, one of Vegeta's most iconic lines that they say in both Japanese and American versions when he's when he goes to Super Saiyan for the first time, he asks, you know, Android, do you n- tell me can androids feel fear? And then he powers up and proceeds to kick his ass. That's a great line. So, uh, shall go with that as well. Uh, he continues. This is a bit of a broader question, but it was prompted by your discussion over Toriyama claiming that Super Saiyans two and three don't matter. How much investment do you guys place in them? What the author or creator says of a story. Personally, I think it depends on what specific story we're talking about, but if the creator makes a claim that runs counter to the narrative as established, I personally don't think it should be merely accepted as word of God. Uh, E.g., if Toriyama tomorrow said the androids couldn't have children, <laughs> I don't think I could accept that over what the narrative itself has shown us. 
where behind the scenes information, such as the real names of the androids, something like that, it would be different. Oh, that's an interesting question. How much stock do you put in uh, Toriyama's own words? And like, like, for instance, taking that point where he says Super Saiyans two and three as forms don't exactly matter. And by that, I guess, I, I guess he meant that like it doesn't matter what forms they take; they're just you know more powered up versions. So, how much of what he says uh, after the fact uh, tends to affect your reading, Jesse? I try not to let it, just because. Like at this late date and so far removed from when he wrote it, it it's it's not real. It's not really important to the story. It doesn't affect the story. Right. He's not going back and retconning stuff, you know, in a in a new medium. He's not you know rewriting something saying, hey, this isn't really real. This is how it is. So ultimately, it's just him saying it, and I think it can be taken out of context and just yeah, I, I don't know. Like I. I I look at a lot of times when I look at Toriyama, I I kind of mirror Stan Lee with them, <laughs> just, in, in, just in their creative you know genius. Right, they're both kind of goofy. And the fact that they still they still have fans asking them you know questions, thirty, forty in Stan Lee's case, like fifty years mm-hmm. later. And you got to think like someone walks up to you, hey, what did Goku mean in this scene? You don't want to tell the person I don't remember, or I don't know, so you just think of something off your head. You but you, you you're not in that creative mindset. You're not you're not really in the mood to to kind of to be creative and to right. go back into that world. Absolutely, I, I agree with you one hundred percent. Because a lot of like, like I said, I mentioned like the last time that like there was a lot of Q and As around the time of Battle of Gods and even afterwards. I think now where Toriyama just kind of come out and just just said stuff that was never. And I'm not sure if he's actually okay, besides that Super Saiyan line, I'm not sure if he's actually retconned a lot of stuff. Like he's just given background information. Like um, like apparently uh, Android sixteen uh, according to him in twenty fourteen. Android 16 uh, was based on Dr. Jero's son who had died. I mean, in terms of physicality, we didn't, we never knew that, but it doesn't really matter. Um, the original names of Android 17 and 18 are, I think, was it Lapis and Lapuli? Uh, that doesn't matter. Lapis and Lazuli. Lapis and Lazuli, yes, that's what it was. <laughs> I forget which one was which. Um, well, I, I know that he told, he tells us what happens to the characters at the a, after the series. Which I want to save that for when we get to the end of the series, because those are actually pretty funny, especially Yamcha <laughs> and Chaozu. But um, uh, and the, the, the background on Mr. Satan, about, you know how Mr. Satan was trained by this one guy who was killed by a guy from Dragon Ball, like something like honestly, it really doesn't affect the the writing. Now, if he came out, if he did come out saying, you know, yes, androids can't have children, you would think that he's just like you know crazy because such a big part of the last part of the, the boot arc involved Krillin having a daughter. <laughs> it, it, doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. And then he wrote her into Battle of Gods, so uh, I'm not sure if he's gotten that contradictory, but, you know, we'll see. I'll, I'll be looking at those again when we get to the end of the series. Um, he finishes off. That's all I have for now. Hope to hear more from you guys as 2015 keeps on rolling. Regards, Alex. Thank you very much, Alex. Our next emailer is from an, another new emailer, um, this one is from a man named George, and it should be read by Jesse. Georgie, start, yeah, Georgie starts off, Hey guys, I have so much to say. First off, I love the podcast, and love is in all caps. So. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thanks, sir. Thanks for every monthly episode. Oh, well, mostly monthly. When Jesse <laughs> doesn't things up. Oh, yes. Secondly, thank you for rewatching, watching, 
the Boo Saga so the rest of us don't have to. <laughs> there are a number slash numerous slash several slash plethora slash don't have enough fingers and toes to count slash embarrassing amount of problems with the final season of DBZ. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb and say he doesn't like it. What makes you think that? I have no idea why. Thirdly, as an adult, I'm having more fun rewatching the comedy episodes of the show. As a high schooler, I was always eager for the action slash Super Saiyan transformations, but I'm able to appreciate the fun stuff in between so much more. Thanks for helping me to realize that. I, I would agree with him. I think that like uh, I took to the Gohan and High School hijinks episodes a bit easier than I did when I was uh, in junior high <laughs> as, an, as an adult now, so I, I would agree with that. Yeah, I think uh, I think the action is what kind of draws you in as a kid, mm-hmm. and you're able to appreciate more of it, even not necessarily even the comedy, but even more of the you know the actual drama we get as you as you become more of an adult. Absolutely. <clears throat> Fourthly, as a foreigner living in Japan, DBZ provides an avenue to talk to Japanese people on their own terms, which is very helpful, and I'm grateful for your commentary. Oh, okay, cool. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad we're bridging the cultural gap there. Oh, yes. Again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fifthly, regarding the end of Evangelion. Oh, God. Of movie. Okay. I have info. The accepted theory is that that movie is taking the piss, international British euphemism, at the fans. The theory goes, as I've heard it from Japanese anime fans, meaning Japanese people living in Japan, mm-hmm. <laughs> is that the creators were happy with the ending of the series and only agreed to make quote-unquote ending movies based on the dissatisfaction of the fan base. So they created excuse my language, endings to f*** with the fans and actually called them out by including clips of fans watching the series, as seen in the movies, to point a finger to blame at them. (laughs) Go on. Personally, I have my own theories about the end of the series. Also, don't watch those new movies, because the third one jumps the shark in a trajectory that Fozzie could only dream of reaching. Oh, I already have. <laughs> have you seen those, the new ones, also? Yes, I have. Yeah, but like, like after after I watched Evangelion, I was like, well, I, I, gotta, I gotta get more of this heroin. So I, I saw all the third one, and I'm waiting like the rest of the world for the fourth and final one. Um, the, third, the third one isn't great, but I didn't hate it as much as the universe did. Uh, but it's not really good. Uh Brooks, just real quick, because I don't want you know get on another Evangelion uh, tangent, because it is late. I don't want to have nightmares. Um, like I, 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 it is a common. I, I'm not sure if you know this, but like in terms of the movie, it is a commonly held belief that the movie was made to basically drop you know deuces at the fans because fans sent death threats at the end of the television series because they didn't like how the way it ended. It's just kind of metaphysical and stuff. I don't know how much I buy into that because I hear that a lot, and I, I really don't know how much of that is true because one. Um, a lot of the end, a lot of the end of Evangelion was actually how, originally how I was going to do before the uh, budget ran out, and two, that movie won awards in Japan, and it, it was so clearly so much effort went into that movie. That I, I can't imagine that just being just to tease off people on the internet that they didn't like you. I, I just don't buy that line of thing. I always take that with a grain of salt. But that being said, they do in the movie. This is this was really weird. They actually do go to live action footage of people watching the show, and actually do include some like literal death threats that were sent to the to the uh, production crew. So maybe is that some like in the credits. No, it's it's in the middle of the movie. <laughs> what? Dude, this movie is so f***ed up. <laughs> I'm telling you. But uh, like I was shaking just saying that. But um, I don't know if I believe that Hideaki Anno legitimately made an Evangelion to say I hate you fanboys, but I know a lot of people believe that. I just don't, I don't, I'm not sure if I personally believe that, but um, again, this isn't the podcast for that. But that, that being said, I, I appreciate your thoughts on that, because it is it is something to talk about. 
<laughs> this just makes me want to see it even more. Uh, <laughs> I, I might have to hold your hand so you won't drown. <laughs> Go ahead. <clears throat> Georgie finishes. In a non-DBZ related note, I write comic reviews for intercomicspodcast.com. That's I-N-T-E-R-C-O-M-I-C-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. And would appreciate any shout-outs you might spare. I would. I just wrote an article about Miss Marvel, which might be the comic of 2014. Oh, yes. So if you missed that again, intercomicspodcast.com. And that's, that's intercomicspodcast.com. <laughs> anyway, I look forward to every monthly podcast you put out. Your faithful listener, Georgie V. Thank you very much, for, uh, Georgie, for your thoughts and that gratuitous pimping. Uh, but, uh, yeah, people check out intercomicspodcast.com. And um, I shall read that article about Miss Marvel because I actually I didn't know she came out today, and I really like that series. But thank you very much. Yeah, and his uh, his email is very well put together, so I'm I'm sure that his articles are hopefully uh, as as well put together. One can only hope. <laughs> and our final email today is from a new emailer named. Oh, second to final. Uh oh, is oh, it? Wait, I'm reading. I'm reading this one. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you I got... you had another one. Okay. Then yes, this is the final. Oh oh yes. Uh, the final the, the final's email is from Cody. Hi there, I'm Cody from Clarksville, Tennessee. Quite a far stretch from Japan. So That's actually closer to me, to so I'm scared. <laughs> exactly. If you mess something up, he's coming after you. Dong. I have been listening to your podcast at work to pass the time while doing repair welds on engine cradles. That sounds important. <laughs> it's taken a few weeks, but now that I've caught up and the holidays are over, I figured I'd land. One of you off by saying I've been a giant DBZ fan since I was in elementary school and used to watch it on Toonami. 24 years old now. So, oh yeah, he's, he's right in that, that one oh, house. I have watched through DBZ in complete times and working on my eighth now. This time in Japanese now so that I own the Dragon Balls. Now that I own the Dragon Balls. Jeez, those are expensive. <laughs> or Dragon Boxes, excuse me. Yeah, the Dragon Boxes are like, 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 like the super fancy DVD releases. Nice. Your podcast has been great and just had a couple of things I'd like to discuss. One, if Bojack is supposed to be the, supposed to be one of the few movies that are considered in continuity, then how come Trunks' sword is... I guess... Is, how, how come... Is it there? How come Trunks' sword is in it, even though it was broken by the androids? And I assume that the possible possible origins of his sword will be discussed later after a certain movie. Don't want to spoil anything for Jesse. Now, I don't want to spoil anything. Uh, I don't want to tell Jesse that it happens in movie 13. I just don't want to. <laughs> um... Uh, science? <laughs> uh, maybe it was just another sword that looked similar. They rebuilt him one. His mom's an inventor. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's I mean, He looks cool with the sword. I, 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 I don't know. I, I'm not sure. Like, I don't. That's 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 a that's a very good point. I'm not sure if that like you know breaks the fabric of reality if it isn't canon. But you know, he could have found another one. Or could have used the Dragon Balls. Who knows? How, how did we determine that the Bojack movie was supposed to be uh, in Capcom? Because it, uh, it, because it takes place, it specifically takes place at the end of the Cell games when Goku's dead, and Vegeta yeah. like, has has given up fighting until the third act, and um, I guess uh, oh yeah, I think it's mentioned that Trunks comes back in time after defeating his androids, which he does do in, in the original series. So I think there are references to it, uh, and it doesn't contradict anything necessarily. So he come he comes back after defeating androids, right? Because that's what he's going to do when he fought his version of Cell. Yeah, that, that's right. That's right. Okay. <clears throat> uh, second, while I like Vegito, I don't care for the fight really. Throughout the whole candy thing, though the whole candy thing was pretty corny, really. No pun intended. But I'm done. Also, not a fan of the episodes once he gets absorbed by Boo, and will be interested to hear your opinions on them in the next episode. 
Anyway, while I could go on to with countless questions, I'll keep it somewhat short and save others for future emails. Great job on the podcast, and I'll continue to check back frequently for future episodes. P.S. Excuse any formatting or grammar issues. At work on my phone typing this. Cody. Uh, <laughs> deeply forgiven. <laughs> well, so yeah, yeah, and uh, great job anyway, still, on the phone. Uh, email oh, yeah. was very, very easy to read. We've seen much worse, <laughs> actually. Uh, thank you very much. We look forward to hearing you again. It's always great to hear from new listeners. Um, Glad you're enjoying the show, man. Well, while, while you were not derping about, you know, figuring out which one was the final email, I actually reminded me that uh, a gentleman by the name of Andrew posted on our Facebook page, and I thought it was a very—I'm not sure if you saw this. Did you see his post? I thought it was a very nice post, and maybe want to—we don't reference it too much. Although, I will say uh, to folks now that, like, if you're wondering why there wasn't any updates on the Lipson page. The Lipson page, everything that's sent on there kind of is sent to the podcast feed, and it pushes our older episodes back. Like once again, you can find the older episodes on the Lipson page, but they're not on the iTunes feed. So I'm going to, from now on, update the status of the show on Facebook only, and leave the Lipson page just for the episodes. I'm not going to talk much about them on the Lipson page. Excuse me. So um, I will just direct everybody who wants to, like, you know, keep up to date with how the episodes are going and you know where, where the episodes can be posted. Uh, oh, they'll be posted on the Lipson page, but they can also catch up with them on the Facebook page. But uh, this guy, Andrew, uh, wrote a very nice email, uh, wrote a very nice post on our Facebook page a couple of days ago. And I'll just read it out real quick. He says, um, Great podcast. Basically went through the whole thing in over a month. And got to say, thank you. Your podcast made me appreciate the series again. Grew up on it as most kids born in the late 80s did. And the podcast filled me with such fond memories of the, of the show. Love the fact that you use music and sound clips from the actual show. I found myself overall enjoying the atmosphere of the show as both you, as both of you are great hosts and found myself enjoying the off-topic episodes a great deal as well, where you bring energy and plenty of good entertainment factors. Keep up the stellar work and we'll definitely keep listening and hopefully hear more from you soon. And I thought that was a... Thank you very much. I thought that was a very, very nice, loving post uh, to how great and awesome Jesse and I obviously are. Really? <laughs> Uh, no, I thought that was very nice. I thought I'd give him a shout yeah, out. Yeah, I, I really appreciate it. And any, I just I gush anytime I hear positive feedback about the show because uh, this is our baby. This is you know one of the only shows I've done, and definitely the one I feel closest to. Totally. Sorry, sorry, Zach. But, um, <laughs> Take that, Joiner. <laughs> Wait, we've been doing this. We've been doing this like three years out of, out of the last three years of our lives. So there's well, a lot exactly, of yes, yeah. and. Just you know, even the fact that you know we can we can hold the audience with our off-topic episodes and with our tirades and and ramblings, that just lets me know that at the core of the show, the dynamic between us really sells it. And I think if we didn't have that, it wouldn't be as successful as it is, and it wouldn't have lasted. Right. So like we we get I, I like that we just when it boils down to it, we get it right on that front. So absolutely, because I don't, I don't I don't profess to know every single iota thing about the series. Uh, go to constantu.com for that. But I you know I do know that like I really like the show despite the boo saga. <laughs> and I, I, I love talking to Jesse about because Jesse I love his insight and I love the, you know his uh, perspective on things, especially as a new listener. And it's just you know just him being Jesse. So and also we should say like, like this show wouldn't be. That what it is now without all of our listeners and all of the feedback we get. So you guys are just as much part of it as I mean that that might sound like a platitude, but really like uh, the listenership has totally built this show to be something truly special. So I thank everyone. We both thank everyone for uh, listening in each month. Oh yeah, I, I love the 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 nice tight knit tight knit community we have here. 
totally, totally. So uh, that was all very nice and warm and loving. So before we <laughs> switch gears to the reviews, uh, we shall take a break. Uh, I'll throw in some um, shillingly po- Shilling Podcast uh, promos, and uh, we shall get back to you in just a second. They told us how to find King Kai when we first arrived here in this new dimension. The next dimension will be right back. Superman. Captain Marvel. Batman. It is 1985. Robin of Earth 2. Sergeant Rock. The Legion of Superheroes. This is the most eagerly awaited comic book event in 50 years. Tommy Tomorrow. Jonah Hex. Commandy. It will one day be called the greatest comic book event of all time. Swamp Thing. Wonder Woman. The New Teen Titans. The Haunted Tank. Infinity Incorporated. Worlds will live. Green Arrow. Worlds will die. Supergirl. The Flash. And that is only the beginning. The Justice League of America. The All-Star Squadron. The Huntress. Area. The Metal Man. Firestorm. The Nuclear Man. Outsiders. Green Lantern. The Blue Beetle. The Crime Syndicate. Warlord. The Guardians of the Universe. Tales of the Justice Society of America proudly presents... And many, many more. Crisis on Infinite Earths. The DC Universe will never be the same. Coming January only at twotruefreaks.com. Now back to the next dimension. And we are back. Uh, before we get into the episode reviews, which you all came to hear for, um, we should probably mention the, the brief bit of news that uh, has been uh, released for the Revival of F movie coming out. Um, now, I actually don't remember, and I was far too lazy to go back and check, um, but uh, I know in the past month since we last recorded, I'm not sure if it was before recorded or afterwards, but they did release, there has been released images of the Akira Toriyama's designs for Gohan and Krillin in Revival of F. Uh, and uh, as those reveal, apparently Krillin has uh, is going to be a policeman, a police officer in this movie, which is uh, certainly new and interesting. As well as Gohan, he's not a cop, Gohan's dressed as some sort of like physical education teacher, which is also new and interesting. And um, recently, last couple of days, uh, which days this podcast recording, they uh, released the designs for Bulma and Master Roshi, which and, and the um, and the cover implies like, oh, are they going to fight? Oh, tune in to see. Which I mean, th- those designs aren't anything you know shocking. They are new, but they're not you know dramatically new. But uh, in terms of those designs, like especially with Gohan and Krillin, Jesse, what are you thinking about those? The Krillin design being a cop that just seems so Krillin. Like I don't know something <laughs> about it. it's like he 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 seems like a character who would want to do that. But at the same time, like, protect the peace. How he... Well, it seems like he, he would want to be the guy who would get all the attention and get the chicks, even though he's married now, so he really shouldn't worry about that. <laughs> but then the go the Gohan outfit really intrigues me. It's like I, I, I want to know where that's gonna go because that's that's interesting. Just seeing where his character kind of progresses to that because Krillin's 
Krillin's Krillin, but Gohan we've we've seen from the beginning of the show, so I, I'm excited to see what Toriyama has in mind for him. I must admit, I actually like the Gohan design because he has a different haircut in this. Um, seeing that, I mean, he, he looks a bit younger than how he did in Battle Gods, and he does later in the, at the end of DBZ. But it, it made me realize that uh, I kind of. I'm not saying I, I didn't like, but, like, uh, it, I always thought that, like, his design in the boot socket with, like, the spiked up hair was a bit, uh, it was it was not what I, what I would have expected from, you know, an older Gohan. And this version has, a, his, it's a bit more normal looking. It's a bit kind of pat down and, and brushed a little bit. And he has glasses on, which make, makes him look like a dork, which he is. But, um, I actually kind of like this design of Han a bit. It, it looks a lot more of a natural design for that character as we learned, as we saw him grow up to be. Uh, I mean, I, I still like Mystic Gohan. But um, if he's going to be like kind of a normal guy, I, I, I do like this. I do enjoy this. Krillin as a cop is hilarious because with his, with the shorts and the police helmet and everything, it's you might as well. I mean, they, they actually reveal that like the reason he shaved his head in this is because of the uh, so he can fit the helmet on his head. Which actually, I'm glad that they explained that because I was wondering about that. But um, I like I'll, if we're, if we're going to have these in between movies between the boot arc and the end of DBZ, I like the fact that we learn what the characters have been doing. And I, you know, Krillin has a job as a cop. Cool, no problem. That sounds that sounds more than uh, welcome for this character's history, and it is it is honestly hilarious. So <laughs> that's quite cool. Um, also, we should mention that uh, the theme tune. I'm not sure if we mentioned this before, but the theme tune for Revival Revival of F will be provided by the um, the pop singing group Momoiru. Pronounce this correctly. Momoiru Clover Z. Now, they're going to be providing not only the songs, but they're also going to be voicing new characters, which will also appear in the movie. And they uh, promoted this by uh, making a public appearance with Masako Nawaza, who voices Goku and the others, uh, completely dressed in uh, uh, turtle turtle hermit clothing with the orange and the blue, all posing Kamehameha's. Um, (laughs) What do you make about this, Jesse? This is some hardcore like cross marketing going on here, <laughs> and you know, it would come off as very gimmicky and and cheesy if it weren't for Japan, because I think they hold their pop icons to like a different level, and I think it's just it's mm-hmm. just not seem it doesn't seem that way to to them as it does to like Western audiences. So I mean I I like most of the songs that play in Dragon Ball, so I, I'm, I'm gonna give it a shot. I don't think it'll be anything. I don't at most I don't think it'll deter anything from the sh- from the movie. Well, you make a point that like Japan is a lot more. They let their freak flag fly for like a better phrase a lot uh, more consistently than America does because you know things like Dragon Ball and anime in general, or I mean anime and manga are way more mainstream than it is in America. So. Uh, I, I I don't doubt any enthusiasm from, from on their part, <laughs> but it, it is funny to see like you know people with legitimate musician music careers dress up as Goku and Krillin with like the bald cap and the Super Saiyan wigs. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's pretty awesome. Um, as I'm on Constant Street right now, apparently their characters that, that they're voicing resemble characters from um, uh, Toriyama's previous work, Doctor Slump, which is interesting. Um, but this this I mean. It's interesting because we are getting the the news pretty pretty quickly about Revival of F, which actually is coming out as as of this recording. It'll be uh, I guess two months because it comes out in April. It's coming out really really soon. And of course, it'll probably be another year before it's dubbed, but um, which I have no doubt it will be. 
But uh, so far, I'm still, you know, the, the Frieza announcement was was certainly startling, but I'm still anticipating this very much because uh, Battle of Gods is awesome, and this sounds like it'll be lots of fun, too. Oh, yeah! Hmm. Feel that? Majin Buu's changed back all right. What a difference! Most definitely. What a decrease. I like the odds a lot better now. Yes. Now let's blast our way out of here. Right. Hmm? Hmm. Wait, hold on a second. Hmm? Even though he's a lot weaker, we're still no match for him. If we go out there right now, he's going to kill us. Hmm? It's a problem, all right. But there's one way we can win! You can forget it, Kakarot! No way! I haven't even said what it is yet, spoiled sport. There's no need. It begins with an F and ends with an N. Am I right? Hey, good guess! <laughs> Come on! It only lasts for 30 minutes and then it's all over, see? <laughs> no way! But it's only temporary! That pose is not fit for a Saiyan warrior. It's too prissy. What? Is that all? What do you mean, is that all? That's enough! Where's your dignity? We're Saiyans! Hmm, but no one's going to see us. Gosh, Vegeta, is it really that bad? Ah, we're fighters, not ballet dancers, you oaf! <laughs> Okie dokie, so without further ado, let's get into... Uh, where we left off in Dragon Ball Z, so, as I grab the comic, uh, last time uh, we were following Vegito, <laughs> uh, our hero Vegito, the one who can save us all. He was battling uh, Super Gohan Buu and ended up being absorbed. Um, although, as we immediately learned, this was all an intended plan so he could rescue uh, Gohan and the others. Because, as is, as is revealed by both Buu and Olkai, Boo's not transformed. He's not donned the costume of Vegito. He's still dressed as Gohan, and he notices that. Like, why am I, why am I not transforming? Ah, uh, who cares? I'm still the strongest person on the planet. Hooray! So he, like, you know, does a dance and flips off nobody. And as he laughs and laughs and laughs, we go into his own body, and we see Vegito. You know, not absorbed. He's alive and well. And uh, he has a force field around him, which helped him not be absorbed from the uh, pink goo. So he says, I better take this shield off so I can start to look for everyone. I hope they're okay. So, and, and Kabito Kai and Old Kai realize this. So as he takes the shield down, uh, a bright light appears, and suddenly Goku and Vegeta are thrown from the middle, and Vegeta is now gone. They're, they're back into their own bodies. And Goku says, that's strange. We were supposed to stay together forever. And Vegeta's like, yeah, whatever. We were, we were uh, together far too long for my tastes. And so he starts to take the earring off, and Goku says, No, don't do that. When we, once we get out of here, we'll have to fight him again. And so Vegeta... <sighs> he crushes the earring! This is this is a very Vegeta uh, thing to do. It's unfortunately, yes. And, uh, and yeah, so... Our last great hope is gone now. Forever. <laughs> so Goku says, What are you doing?! If, 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 uh, even if we beat him, once we go, you'll have to go back to the afterlife, uh... Once this is all over, and Vegeta continues to say, it's better than being with you. Uh, well, Goku's like, oh, it wasn't that bad, was it? So he starts to walk away and look for everyone that's been absorbed. So Goku says, all right, fine, whatever, and destroys his earring as well, much to the chagrin of the Kais. 
So, uh, filler happens for a couple of episodes. Uh, this becomes like an episode of the Magic School Bus, where they're attacked by Boo's internal organs, um, his digestive system, his stomach acid. Goku's attacked by enzymes. Um, a lot of really crazy stuff happens. We'll, we'll get to it in the review. Um, at one point, they're attacked by, I guess, roundworms in his stomach. They see all the food that he's that he's eaten, and they fight these shadow forms of Piccolo, Gotenks, and Gohan. That all stuff happens. But really, uh, they take a few steps down into his body, turn their heads left, and find these gigantic pods hosting Piccolo, Gohan, Trunks, and Goten. Goku notices that, that uh, Goten and Trunks are split into their separate cells, just as Goku and Vegeta are, but that's because the fusion time limit ran out. So... Goku realizes that the fusion dance can actually work inside of his body in case they need it. So Vegeta says, let's, let's, get, let's, uh, let's free them. So they start to laser down the pods. And I should probably decide that these, these pods are kind of, you know, these big, pink, veiny, kind of like, uh, bulbous orbs in his stomach. And it kind of, it kind of reminds me of um, Boo's shell back in the beginning of the Boo arc. So uh, right outside, Boo's actually about to blow up the planet before uh, Piccolo is freed from his pod. And... Oh, no, I'm sorry, Goten and Trunks are, and Boo quickly turns back into uh, Piccolo Boo with the Piccolo clues, and once Piccolo's free, he turns back into Super Boo. He's a lot less intelligent, he's, he's lost his nose and his chin, and most of his fingers. So, uh, and also his dialect, because he used to speak a lot more articulately, but now he's like, whoa, what's going on? Uh, as opposed to, what's going on? Anyway, um, all the, uh, the kidnapped victims are freed, and... Vegeta's saying, let's blow, let's blow ourselves out of here. But Goku says, well, no, 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 we can't. He'll kill us if he finds us. He may be weaker, but he's still stronger than both of us. You just had to break the earrings, didn't you? So Vegeta's kind of like, you know, rolling his eyes. But Goku says, you know what we could do? And Vegeta says, don't, don't, let me guess. It starts with an F and ends with an N, doesn't it? Oh, come on! It's only for 30 minutes. No way! I am a Saiyan warrior! I will not dance like that! And Goku's like, is it really that bad? So while Vegeta is kind of like grimacing, he looks uh, to the side and sees uh, another pod, and he sees Fat Boo, like the Boo from the very beginning, who was turned into chocolate and, and eaten. So Boo has essentially absorbed Boo, which is very bizarre. Um, as this happens, uh, they read his mind and realize that they, they know what happened, like how Boo was split into two people. He was a skinny Boo, then a fat Boo, and the skinny Boo ate the fat Boo. So they're wondering, I wonder if anybody else who's been turned into chocolate has, is also absorbed here. And then they hear a voice behind them saying, no, he's the only one. Dun, dun, dun. It's Super Boo somehow in his own body. Uh, science? So, um... Magic. Yeah, exactly. I was wondering what's going on, but now I know. You're going to pay! Give me back my power! So, uh, Goku's like, I told you, you should have destroyed the earrings. Now we can't combine. And then Boo says, so you destroy the earrings so you can't combine, can you? And Vegeta calls Goku an idiot. So um, he's ready for battle, and the two turn Super Saiyan and start to fight, but they don't really do much, do very well because they can't inflict any damage on him. At one point, Goku threatens to, to pop a hole in his body and says, You think I won't do this? And he says, Go ahead. But um, as Boo later on says, that the blast was only a, you know, the effect of a mosquito bite. It, he didn't really feel it. So Vegeta and Goku start attacking Boo, and he keeps on disappearing in his own body. At one point, this really disgusting, like, tentacly looking uh, fluid starts to grab Vegeta as he's knocked out. <laughs> Goku's like, no, not tentacles. So he uh, uh, frees Vegeta. And um, as Goku is fighting Boo, Vegeta notices the uh, that Boo's very protective of the fat Boo 
absorption pod. So at one point he grabs the pod, yanks on yanks on one of its uh, little tendrils, and says, "So boo, stay away from him, or I tear this off. Will you turn back again, fat boo or skinny boo? Either way, you'll be weaker." At this point, Boo really starts to freak out and is like honestly yelling, "No, no, no, no! Don't do that! Please, please!" Oh, what are you so scared about? Don't! If you cut him out of me, I won't be me anymore. And Goku's like, "Wait, what?" So uh, Vegeta just is just loving this. So at one at one point, he just grabs the pod and just yanks it out of Boo's body, and Super Boo just falls to the ground and begins to melt. At that point. Uh, the actual Boo in, in, you know, on planet Earth has been staying still the entire time begins to scream as the Super Boo inside his body uh, starts to melt and dies. So uh, Goku's like, well, that happened. We, and then Vegeta's like, come on, let's get out of here while we still can. So they try to fly outside of Boo's body um, through the cavernous intestines and skin cells and everything. And as they're doing this, Boo outside is screaming and screaming and screaming. And uh, steam starts to shoot from his body, which in turn heats up inside of his body, and the heat is wrapped up, so Goku and Vegeta start to pass out. But they see that one of his porous holes in his body is basically they're taken out of there because it opens and closes. So before they're fried by the steam, Goku blasts a Kamehameha, and they use the point to have the hole open up and fly out outside. I hope this is making a lot of sense. <laughs> it's hard to describe. I so, get it, but I've seen it recently. So oh, There you go. Excellent. <laughs> Who cares about the listeners? So, um, they fly outside of his head, and at that point, uh, Goku, Vegeta, Gohan, Goten, Trunks, and Piccolo all revert back to normal size. They're outside of the pods, although the others are still unconscious. And as they're popping by, um, uh, Boo is just screaming and screaming and screaming. At that point, also, it's important to note that Dende and Mr. Satan have also caught up with them. And hooray, everybody's still alive! But, uh, Boo is starting to transform. And at one point, he's getting larger and larger and more muscular, and he's even more powerful than he used to be. And Goku's like, is this guy taking steroids? But back on the uh, Kai planet, Kabito Kai is like, oh no, he's going back. And then the the, the, the muscular Boo starts, continues to scream, still, and starts to um, decrease in size. And finally, he goes to his final form, or his new form, or his original form, and he is basically a shrimp. He's a lot younger looking, he's smaller, and his power has decreased, but he has a very, very evil look on his face. Meet Kid Boo. And at this point, I believe we shall break off uh, between this point and their other episodes, because the other episodes uh, that we just previously recapped had some... I guess I'm using filler. Uh, Jesse, up to this point, what were you thinking about these episodes and Goku and Vegeta's adventures inside of Boo's body? I really like these episodes, surprisingly. Um, okay. I don't know. It was it was very different. I mean, this is like a fantastic voyage inside Boo. Like, yeah, exactly. It, it's just like a complete diversion from what we've seen so far. But at the same time, we're actually getting plot progression and – Really, just the dynamic between Vegeta and Goku. Like, this is probably the most we've seen them fight on a team or on as a as a, mm-hmm. you know, a tag team essentially. Mm-hmm. We're getting a Absolutely. lot of interaction just between them. Vegeta's softening up to his his idiotic pride and and actually kind of going along with the plan for the most part. So that really did a lot to the chemistry between the two characters. Really did a lot to from, to entertain me for these and just the just the absurdity. A D of, of of yeah being inside Boo and 
Like it felt, this felt like a level from The Legend of Zelda. Like you go, oh, the boss appears. <laughs> we got to fight these guys. There was a lot like that, yeah. So yeah, I, I really liked it. Uh, and if you would have told me, okay, then we watched, you know, four episodes based about being stuck inside Boo's body, I would have been like, what? <laughs> I'm glad I didn't. This is crap. What? But yeah, I, I <laughs> surprisingly I enjoyed what, what we've seen so far. What did you think? Okay, cool. Um, I, I don't think I liked it as much as you did. I, I, I didn't. I wasn't hating on it, but I think that these episodes are carried completely on the shoulders of the double act between Goku and Vegeta. <laughs> like there, because this is really the, this is the first time we saw a little bit of it in movie six when they fought Metal Cooler, but this is the first time in canon where the duo of Goku and Vegeta are shown display, and, it, and this is sort of the first uh, instance of a of sort of a theme that because I know that later on in the series. Or at least later on in like the franchise of GBZ, the, the idea of Goku and Vegeta together, you know, kind of as, as a double act, kind of as a duo, is a really popular thing among the fandom. Like you know, Vegeta being the straight man, Goku being kind of the goofy, likable guy. This is sort of the, the first thing of that that um really kind of like gets the ball rolling, kind of runs with it. So it's interesting to kind of see it here. Although it's interesting to see it so far at the end of the series, because this really is the end of the series. Um, I think that like it was. I wasn't really crazy about the whole, uh, like, uh, it, it, it really does rely on their back and forth. I wasn't crazy about the whole, like, you know, uh, Magic Voyage, like, you know, oh no, we're running into food and we're being digested. Oh no, it's roundworms. That was kind of silly for me, but their their interactions with each other, I did like. Um, there, there, there was some padding. I wasn't crazy about them fighting Boo because I don't, I never, I don't like when they have, uh, like, they should not be able to. To put up a fight against Boo just as Super Saiyans. Like, Goku wasn't Super Saiyan 3 or anything like that. And as a fanboy, that kind of bugs me, but I did like the, the relationship between the two of them. Um, and I did think that there were some... This is also the point in time where, um, in terms of the dub, the dialogue got really, really bizarre. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because I remember, I, I remember, like, 12 years ago, when this first aired, people were talking about, like, did you guys hear what, what these what, uh, Funimation had them say? Because there were times where, like, Vegeta and Goku were just saying the craziest things. Um, I remember, like, a noble line was, uh, I think, Great galaxies! If I know my anatomy, that leads to this, like, the Gillard or whatever. And then, like, he says, uh, Son of a Namek or whatever. Son of a Namek, yes. <laughs> Which I actually kind of like. I thought that was kind of funny. I like funny. that two um, Saiyans apparently calling someone a Namek is, like, a curse. Well, Virginia would oh, be, because he, he considers... Anything, calling something anything other than a Saiyan. Absolutely. Uh, a particular favorite is, of, of everyone's is uh, when they free Boo's body, and Goku's like, look, Vegeta, uh, people popcorn. He just kind of floats by, what is he on? Yeah. <laughs> I like that line. Uh, there, there was some, uh, uh, Sean Schimmel and Christopher Sappet have fun chemistry, and you really see it here. Um, I wasn't crazy about... Okay, one thing I, I just, I guess I got really, really, really sick of, I can go the rest, of the, the rest of my life without hearing Justin Cook scream and or laugh. I don't know how it was with you, if I'll ask you, because, like, Boo's voice got really annoying, because he heard so much of it in these episodes, and I got, I just got tired of hearing that. Uh, did that affect you at all? It made me wish for Fat Boo again. Yeah, like, like, yeah, I'm with you on that one. the annoying, chipper, oh, Boo! You know, I was like, oh, this is, yeah, I mean, because not only is – essentially you have Boo on two fronts. You have the, the actual physical form, and then I guess his 
physical manifestation of himself inside his body. I don't know how he did that. I don't know how he did that. And then, yeah, he, he, he literally just is endless. They try to kill him. He comes back and back and back, and he's laughing the entire time. So, yeah, I mean you pretty much have four or five episodes of just that. Other other than characters giving dialogue, that's like the background noise. Yeah, like when you first see um inside of his body when Vegito shows up, you just hear like like, like endlessly. <laughs> and I know that's a point in the story because like Vegito says, "Oh, shut, someone shut him up," but like it's it is it is hard to listen to, and I don't know if that's necessarily Justin Cook's fault, but like his voice, I felt I was feeling like pained hearing his voice because it sounded like it hurt doing it. And when he was screaming after they freed the absorbed uh, fighters, he's like, ah, ah. I was like, oh my god, please stop. <laughs> that sounds like it hurts. Because he was doing it like minutes on end. That was pretty much the majority of his dialogue. Yes. Um, good lord. Um, what did you think about, you know, like, like, like 30 seconds in, you know, Vegito, he's here, he's whole, he's going to save everybody, and then he randomly splits back into two. What did you think about that? It seemed kind of wasted. Kind of, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> It's like we never see him again. All this big, all this big build-up to him, and then gone. And all, all the, all mm-hmm. the, you know, pulling all the stuff out of the ass about the rings, about the, yeah, the earrings and this hidden technique, and then build up for nothing. For what? Like now, now we just have Vegeta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's like it's weird because, like I say, he was built up. He is the strongest character in the entire universe. Uh, he was handling Boo really easily. He, you know, he pretty much had this entire arc in the bag, and then like you know, he he goes away. Like, like Toriyama takes back what he kind of just threw back into the plot. Um, not the best writing, I don't think. <laughs> if I'm being honest, I agree. It it just seems kind of half-assed at this point, or it seems very much like take swerving one way and then immediately like backpedaling going the other. It's like okay, we're gonna make we're gonna make this merged character, and it's like ooh. I want to do a couple of episodes of Vegeta and Goku. I want to do a couple of episodes of Vegeta and Goku having fun inside Boo. Okay, okay, let me rephrase that. Uh, having an adventure inside Boo's body. Ah, oh, damn it. Hi. <laughs> All right. Well, that, okay, Mister Fanfic Writer. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm leaving that. <laughs> I want to have Goku and Vegeta have fun pink time inside of Boo's. Organs. Okay. Body. And then blow out an orifice. Oh dear. Well, well last episode that happened. So. Um. Uh. Yeah. I. I, I mean, I liked Vegito. I didn't love him, but I liked him well enough. I, it just feels like such a waste. And I think that, like, I guess you know, we weren't. I'm not sure if, if anybody actually bought the idea that he was going to be Vegito forever. I think I was just used to Dragon Balls to release him, but you know, we were supposed to be together permanently. Well, I guess it's just this bad air in here. Eh, I don't know. It's a bit, it's a, it's a bit ultra convenient. Like a lot of this, a lot of the writing in this arc. Yeah, and I didn't, I definitely didn't buy that the character was going to be merged forever. But at the same time, I didn't necessarily think it was going to be over so easily. Mm-hmm. Like something they could rectify so easily. Right. This I do not like. Vegito or Vegito, Vegeta destroying the earring for no reason. On one hand, it seems like something he would have done. Yeah. If he hadn't already agreed, hadn't already merged before, mm-hmm. and it doesn't seem like something he would do at this point. Like if if he's already willing to merge once to say to basically sacrifice his his identity to save everybody, mm-hmm. why would he be too prideful to do it again? Like it, it it's not like they just 
completely lost horribly against Boo. They they almost had him in the back. Like they essentially won. Right. Like wh- why take out your biggest chance to do that? Like he he's you know I think we give Goku a lot of flack for not essentially not wanting to win or not not taking things seriously. Right. When he says you know oh no I've got to beat him fairly or I've got to do this and that. Well that's essentially what Vegeta did at this point. It's like he he's clearly not. It, this comes off like he's not taking the stakes as high as they should. Well, yeah, I, I, he pretends that like you know there's nothing to worry about when Goku says he's going to kill us if we, if we fly out there again. We're not strong. Like you and I aren't strong enough to beat him right now. It, it, even if they free the others, like, like as long as Boo is you know conscious, he can still like Super Boo alone can kill both of them. So, and, and, well, and it's not like free. It's not like uh, Vegeta countered with. Oh hey, you know we have the fusion technique. No, because he clearly didn't want to do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like they brought up. Well, we can win this way. He's like, no, I'm not going to do it. It's, I, I, it's again. Toriyama is playing for humor. I don't know. I guess it's Vegeta's character, but the plot's making making you realize like how dumb he's being. Like, because Goku's pointing out, like, dude, common sense, man. Come on, get over it. It seems like the character would be past that by now. Already past that petty motivation. Yeah, he doesn't have to like it, but you know. And and now that I think about it, why didn't they use the fusion dance before? Because that was the original original intent was for Goku and Vegeta to do it before they died, and that's why Trunks and Gotens had to do it. Um, I know I know that Vegeta now Goku didn't know Vegeta was coming back when he came back. To that's Earth. right. That's right. So I I guess now I know you have to be phys- like fit similar sizes and similar power levels. So I guess that excluded now with the with the rings you don't have to have that. I guess. No, it doesn't. It doesn't matter because like you know Kaioshin and Kabita were like completely different sizes and they were able to fuse the That's rings. I, th- I think it's because like you know they 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 put so much time and effort into like you know training Goten and Trunks to do the fusion dance. Like like that, there was a lot of like you know you guys must get it completely correct. And so I guess I guess they, they printed it like you know Goku couldn't teach Gohan in an instant to do the dance. These earrings will do it. Then again, the earrings themselves were a total ass pull of the writing. So, <laughs> it's literally like somebody realized, hey, look, both these characters have similar earrings. I got an idea. <laughs> That's someone being one man. Um, I don't know. It's it's again, like 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 they bring it up. You know, it's it's still an option on the table. But this whole this whole like you know, let's not try as hard as we possibly can to defeat Boo thing is really getting on my nerves. I mean, once they're freed, go on could fight them like he did before. But they don't know what's going to happen at this moment. At this moment in time, in his body, they don't know what to expect. So, well, also judging from just history, it's not like they're going to free everybody and have them all tag up, team up. And- <laughs> God knows that's not going to happen. I, I mean, we're, we're getting two people fighting at one time. That's unprecedented for Dragon Ball. <laughs> that's true. This, this, this show has a, and this, this will continue. But this has a sickening uh, habit of just, just, just um. Having one person fight one on one. Oh, we must be, make it a fair fight. We must make it a, a single duel. And I don't know why they think that's still a good idea when everybody on the planet is dead already. See, and that's uh, that's I think honestly, up until now you really don't notice it because you've you've got the technique fusion, which in that regard is like the best thing to ever happen in Dragon Ball. It, it negates a plot point of that. Point. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. It, it kind of uses more than one person and uses the, but the best at aspect the same of time. I'm. That's that's why I do enjoy these episodes as much, considering all the faults. Because everything you said, I do agree with. But yeah, really, to me, the chemistry between Goku and Vegeta in these scenes just 
kind of ne- negates most of the the faults in it to me. Well, yeah, no, I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't completely hate. These, I don't hate these episodes at all. But like, it really was just their characters, just like you know, bouncing off of each other. Because I wasn't entertained by, oh no, it was a worm, or oh no, it's fake Gohan not saying anything. But I mean, in fairness, they were you know doing filler for uh to, to not say head of the the manga. Actually, there's a very good um podcast episode of the of Kazenshu where they explain filler because like obviously the use of filler these episodes kind of pad the story out they were done so the the anime would not catch up with the manga and at this point they were trying to say like at least 20 chapters ahead of the of the anime and they kept on catching up and catching up and catching up, catching up so I can't fault it for that but at the same time it really comes becomes it really does become tedious when uh, you know, like so for little for momentum is happening, and uh, I don't know. I, I, again, again, I, I keep on saying it. it was just Goku and Vegeta. You know, Goku saying, "How could you destroy the earrings?" And now we can't fuse. And then, and then Boo hears that, and Vegeta says, "Why don't you shut your mouth?" Like that kind of stuff was. I actually, like I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, I, I thought that was amusing. But then again, yeah, Vegeta shouldn't have done it in the first place. Uh, he has no right to gripe. He did it with such a, such a confident smile. Um. Gosh, what, what what did you make of the the filler parts, like them being attached by stomach acid and intestines and stuff? What, like, what was any any thoughts on that? Any opinion on that whatsoever? I mean, it, it was very clearly filler, and uh, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't terrible. It wasn't the most pointless. I mean, I, I like that it did make their time there more of a, a hindrance and more of a, like an actual, I guess, adventure struggle. Mm-hmm. But I mean, ultimately, it can be forgotten, and it's it's kind of like why are these characters struggling so hard? And then, yeah, I, I mean, you get lines like Vegeta's knowledge of anatomy. <laughs> what? <laughs> that was cheesy. Great galaxies! If I know my <laughs> that was so bad, it was good. I almost I almost wondered if that was on purpose <laughs> because this is such a, a fantastic, like you know, outrageous situation that the Dragon Ball characters have. They're in somebody's body. Like I don't think I ever saw this coming. No, no, yeah. I, I never would imagine them shrunk down inside Pooh's body. Like, if you would have told me when this started, you know. So, Bobbity is going to create a genie. <laughs> and, you know, 20 or 30 episodes down the line, uh, Vegeta and Goku are going to be stuck inside his body trying to find other friends. Be atta- attacked what? by worms. Yeah, attacked by, <laughs> atta- attacked by food and... Worms. Ugh. Like they run into like you know big gigantic pieces of cake and stuff. Which okay, I, I, I said you know it makes makes sense, but uh, it's it's quite wild. Um, I mean, well, which I can't complain about because I mean that's that's what I like Dragon Ball for is the fact that it's wild and it's it it, it swerves when you don't expect it to. Oh yeah, no, yeah, I, it, I, I do. I appreciate the tonal shifts in these episodes because I guess it, it it did kind of allow for it. This didn't need to be like you know dark and gritty and serious. It was it was kind of really goofy. Um, I was I, I wasn't you know every time they went back to Dende and Mister Satan, like, I rolled my eyes. That wasn't entertaining to me, but I guess we had to remind uh, viewers and readers that they are still alive. So there's that. Yeah, yeah. Mister Satan is the voice of the audience right now. Like he he's. <laughs> You know he's he's on the sidelines like the audience is. Like, really, you, this character he's he's gotten this far. So really, uh, the same guy. I did I did like his line. I did like his line. I'm gonna kick some boo. 
Oh yeah, right. Lotta <laughs> kick some butt. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was that was nice. <laughs> it was nice in a, in a terrible way, like very very cheesy. This character. Um, I actually kind of liked how um they escaped Boo's body. Like like those pores, those really strange pores that let out steam, were used to good effect. I thought it was actually pretty clever. And like I, when when they escaped and they all started just just popping out, I, I got excited. Like oh that's that's kind of cool. Uh, for I don't know for whatever it, it was like. I don't want to say science fiction because this obviously not this character isn't real, but it was an interesting use of the anatomy. Oh yeah, I mean especially because that's see that's not pulling something out of their ass. That's something that Boo has has had since his first incarnation. Like right, you know that's that's a callback, and that's that that if it's not if it wasn't foreshadowed earlier, it was a good use of setup earlier. Um. I think that's all I have to say about these episodes. To be honest, I have a lot more to say about the next episode. Uh, what about you? Do you have any more notes? Me too. No, 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 not really. I mean, yeah, I've touched on pretty much everything. All right, let's get into this. What? He's mad! That blast had enough power to destroy the entire planet! Nice shot, man. What a fool! Does he want to die, too? He was probably planning on getting blown to bits and then reforming again. Hey, Boo! It's your business if you want to blow up the planet, but fight us first, you little coward! <laughs> Gifted speaker. <laughs> no, no, that can't be meant for us. That's way too much energy. It's enough to blow up the planet ten times. <laughs> Vegeta, you can't stop that. Listen, bring your earrings to Goku and Vegeta immediately. Huh? Yes, I see. You got it. <laughs>
Vegeta, are you on? Okay, so Boo is now as young as he's ever looked, basically a, a child-looking version of him, although he looks about as evil and sick as you've ever seen him. At no point does this Boo have any sort of shred of anything even remotely resembling mercy. <laughs> he looks very mean. So, um, Goku and Vegeta are actually pretty pleased. Like, oh, look at him. His power is down. We can fight him. But uh, on the Kaioshin planet... Old Kai is looking at Kabito Kai says, you know something. What's going on? What is this? And so uh, Kabito Kai says, all right, well, this is flashback time, old man and audience. So um, years ago, like, like I say years ago, like millions of years ago, there were five lords. There were five iterations of the Kaioshin race. I'm the East Kaioshin. And originally there was also the Northwest and South Kaioshin. And we were all led by Dai Kaioshin. So we were, you know, we were, you know, we lived in peace and things were well enough. But then um, uh, an evil wizard showed up one day with this horrible creature named Majin Buu. And this is the first time we actually see Bobbity's father, Bibbidi, which is pretty interesting. Oh, I love this. <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> um, Bibbidi, who's kind of a green version of Bobbidi with like sort of like, you know, a black do-rag on his head. <laughs> He's a little fatter. Right. <laughs> which you can easily see the family resemblance. So, Not as much of a dick, but... So he went on a, on a rampage with uh, Majin Buu, who is this, this, this kid version that we see here, this original version. He went on a rampage destroying planets and destroying races until they eventually came a cropper of uh, the Kais. So they tried to put a stop to him, but uh, one by one they were taken down. We see that the Kai of the West, the female Kai, she fir first fought Kid Buu and was killed. The Kai of the North, uh, he's sort of a, a fatter Kai, an older Kai with a mustache and a sword, fought uh, Kid Buu and he was also easily defeated so East Kaioshin is, is like he runs towards uh, Dai Kaio and says Lord Dai Kaio West and North Kai are dead but as this, as this is going on Kid Buu ends up fighting South Kai he's, he's the guy of the, of the southern reach of the, of the galaxy and he actually does pretty well he's a lot more of a, of a tougher Kai he's, he's bulkier he's brawnier he's stronger and he's actually fighting Buu you know toe to toe and at one point, he actually rips off his arms. But at that point, Boo first displays his absorption technique and absorbs uh, South Kai, which ends up transforming him into the burlier, brawnier Kai or Boo that we saw a few minutes ago. Uh, so Old Kai said, "Oh, I get it." So when he was reverting back, he eventually went back to this form. That's when he absorbed South Kai. So at this point, back in the flashback, Boo is more powerful than ever. Uh, I don't know why East Kaioshin thought he could fight him, but he's trying to fight him, and he's getting his, his ass kicked, as always. Uh, but suddenly, Dai Kaio decides to enter the fight, and he's doing spectacularly well. He's very powerful, and he's counting every one of Boo's attacks. But eventually, he's absorbed, too. And when Boo absorbed Dai Kaio, 
he turned into Fat Boo, like like the, the Happy Boo with the cape and the vest, because those were originally Daikyo's garments. And so he's you know is gifted the the is granted the gift of speech, and says he wants you know to eat sweets and cake. And Bibbidi's like, oh okay. So that happens. Um, what they don't show us is that uh, once Bibbidi sealed Boo away, Kaioshin kills him. But we we're not granted that scene. But um, old Kai, old Kai is like, okay. So the souls that he, that he aged tamed him. Then this small boo was the first, most difficult one. It's like, yes, this boo is completely without mercy. He is not the most powerful, but he is the, by far the most dangerous. He is evil incarnate. So uh, as evil incarnate is standing on the, on the mountaintop, uh, and Goku Vegeta like, uh, is he going to do anything? Boo lets out this horrific just yell. And it's, it's a, such a large yell that the entire planet begins to shake and tremble, and all the buildings begin to crumble around the cities across the planet. And Goku and Vegeta can hardly hear. And then he closes his mouth, puts out his hand, and fires a, a very fast energy blast. Goku panics, and Vegeta quickly diverts the blast with his own energy attack. And Goku says, oh my god, that was so close. He was just about to destroy the planet. So Vegeta's like, what's wrong with him? Is he trying to kill himself? Boo! Feel free to blow this planet, but only after you fight us. So Boo first acknowledges uh, Vegeta, kind of looks over and Vegeta's like, yeah, that's, that's, that's right, that's right. Boo smiles, puts up his hand, and starts gathering this enormous energy very, very, very fast. This big pink energy, which is completely uh, unlike anything we've seen before. So, Goku's like, no, 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 no! <laughs> this is just way too much key. This is enough to, to completely decimate the entire planet. More than once! So, uh, old, the Kai's are watching this, and old Kai's like, you, you need to go to Vegeta and uh, Goku and give, their, give them your earrings right now. So, Kabuto Kai teleports. So, as Boo is about to throw the energy ball onto the planet, Goku, Goku like, loses his cool and just begs, What are you doing? Please, don't do this! Boo's like, Yeah, no. And just kind of just drops it on the planet. And as it's as, as certain death is, is, is staring Vegeta and Goku in, in their eyes, Goku looks over at, uh, at, um, his, has, at the kids and Piccolo and says, Oh no, I gotta grab them. Come on, Vegeta, we'll grab the kids and teleport. So they, they quickly fly over to uh, Gohan, Trunks, Goten, and Piccolo. But as they're going over, they see Dende and Mr. Satan. And so Goku just quickly grabs them and tries flying towards the others. And the, the energy ball is right on their ass. And he's trying to teleport, but he says, I, I can't concentrate. There's only time to do this once. And right before the energy ball kills them, Kabito Kai shows up grabs Goku's arm, Vegeta grabs Goku's back, and teleports Goku, Vegeta, Dende, Mr. Satan, and B the dog onto uh, off of Earth and onto back on the Kaioshin Kai planet. Just as the energy ball crumbles onto the planet, completely eliminating the entire, like, completely erasing Earth from the face of the, of the universe, and taking Gohan, Trunks, Goten, and Piccolo along with it. Uh, so, back on Kaioshin planet, old Kai is... is you know, desperately waiting for them to show up, when out of nowhere, everyone's just kind of teleported in midair. So, Mr. Saiyan's like, whoa, whoa, what's going on? Oh no, I died, didn't I? So, uh, Mr. Ko Old Kai's like, hooray, you made it, you're so alive! And Goku just slams on the ground saying, go on, Goten! Ah, I couldn't get them in time! Vegeta, like, like, takes one look at Goku and just jacks him up. What is wrong with you? You saved this fool and the Namek kid over your own family? Are you out of your mind? So Dende kind of just sheepishly is like, uh, sorry. 
and Vegeta, Vegeta's like, let's go, you know, simmer his own juices. And he's like, ah, I can't believe that guy destroyed the Earth. And Mr. Saiyan's like, wait, what? The Earth? It's gone? And, uh, yeah, as we kind of close out, we go back to space, and Earth is completely gone. It is absolutely destroyed. Although we do... It's been Alderaan. It's, it's, been, it's been Alderaan. It's been Namek'd. It's been Planet vegeta And uh, before we the episode ends, we see Boo start to uh, form from the explosion of that destroyed the planets. The end. Yeah. <laughs> Before we start recording, Jesse goes, wait, this isn't the end of the series? Because <laughs> I was talking about future recordings. Um, uh, now, I, I, I have a lot of things to say about this. Uh, I've... I'm, I'm okay. Can I can I can I say my thoughts really quick first? My overall thoughts, and then yes, you can. All right. I I don't think I have on this podcast ever been more split down the middle, mixed on these events as I am right now, because I'm honestly not sure what my opinion is. Because okay, uh, on the one hand, uh, I appreciated seeing the origins of Boo and the origins of the Kai's. On the other hand, I question if we ever need to see that at all this late in the arc, and I wasn't really demanding to see those. And on the one hand, I freaking hated <laughs> uh, the, the, what happened with Gohan and the others. Uh, I'm going to say that. I, I, I was furious. On the other hand, that episode was really awesome in how it, it depicted that in that final scene, so... I, I, I am like, there's a dichotomy within me that is just like, I either want to just completely rage quit or at least give credit where credit's due, and I don't know where I fall on. What do you think? I liked it for the most part. Um, the the stuff that happened with, with Gohan and Krillin and the rest. Well, Krillin's already been dead. Well, yeah, 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 of course. But, uh, Piccolo and Goten and Trunks. Oh, no, I'm sorry, yeah, not Krillin, yeah, I forgot, uh, Gotenks. The thing is, like, my initial thought is, oh, well, he he rescued he rescued Dende for the Dragon Balls. And then I was like, well, haven't they been brought back to life before? I mean, then I was like, wait a minute, Earth's gone, how does that work? No, the Dragon Balls are gone. <laughs> yeah, I was like, so there are no Dragon Balls. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> what are they trying to pull? Like, so I like, I legitimately don't know. I have no idea where it's going here, you know, from here. Okay. And that, that kind of excites me. Uh, at the same time, it, it sucks that apparently these are the characters we're left with, you know, to follow for this part of the series. Yep. <clears throat> and, you know, like, like we were saying before in the previous episode, where we kind of we got we got the tease of Gohan taking over the mantle of the show, and then that was pulled back. Well, it's pulled back even farther now with with basically all the legacy characters taken back, and just you get Vegeta and Goku put back in the picture, which I I don't mind on its own. It's just in the face of you know what we what we were kind of promised, you know, or or what we were built up to. It seems disingenuous to an extent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I still like I, I still I think I still would rather have these characters, just because I I enjoy these characters more. 
but it, it, it still doesn't detract from like kind of the, the cheapness almost of it. But <laughs> okay, um, uh, let's let's talk about, about like the Kai stuff, and then we'll get back to the ending. The, the ending might be like might, might be like an NPR kind of session. Um, what were you thinking about the whole like you know the secret origins of the Kai's and Majin Buu? I, I actually pretty enjoyed this. Um, it made the most of Boo, and I kind of liked that we were teased with Bibbidi mm-hmm. before, uh, like at the very beginning of the show. But we, you know, we haven't really touched on him. Yeah, he was only referenced. We never actually saw him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. We, we, he was only referenced before, and I did not expect him to come back. So it, it's a nice kind of callback to the beginning of the, the saga of the of this arc, right. which. I mean, is is a long time ago at this point. Uh, yes. <laughs> and I think it, I think it kind of works that, and hearing more of the guys, it kind of works to counterbalance the craziness the last episodes were. You know, we get more of a traditional or more of a flashback to, I guess, more of a Dragon Ball type setup. Yeah, it's a lot more. Not a lot of some of the scenes with the Namics. Say what? It said the. Uh, the relationship between the between the Kai's kind of remind me of uh, scenes we would see on Namek. Oh, okay, because they're, they're all peaceful. Yeah, well, yeah, with the Grand Namek, right? Or the, I'm sorry, the Elder Namek. That's right. And Nell, and yeah, it was just it was it, it was a cool kind of it was building more mythos, which I, I liked. Now, I did find it interesting that, well, I, I guess you know you have you have the Kai's descendant, Old Kai. And he knows nothing about any of this. It's like, yeah, he was trapped in the sword, but how how old are we talking here? He's got to be ancient, like, because yeah. this is implied to be like millennia ago. Yeah, this this is this is millions. Of, I forget if they put a, a specific stamp on it, but this is this is more than more than millions of years ago. So yeah, that's, a good, that's a good point. How 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 old is that guy? <laughs> that's a great point. But uh, I liked it, you know, for the most part. Um, the reveal, the, I guess, the the twist with Boo, you know, with this being Boo's true form, <clears throat> I thought it was fairly well done, and it, it, it's interesting to see because you know, once you introduce, you know, the idea that he can absorb people, they they never they never tell you that oh, Fat Boo is the original form. It's like okay, so that's I, I wonder how far in advance Toriyama had that planned out if he did have it. That is that's actually a very good question, and I don't I don't. Part part of my uh, reticence with like you know not, not accepting this as canon because obviously it is but like like you, you, they're kind of he's kind of coming in and telling us oh actually Fat Boo isn't the original Boo this is the original Boo uh, because of this story because uh, you know we're, we're just assuming that this is Boo I mean Kaioshin recognizes him calls himself as Boo but Boo he is Boo but I don't I I really don't know if uh, Toriyama had this backstory implied. Uh, uh, from the whole time, I, I I don't think there's any any evidence to suggest that he did. He could have easily just like kind of thought this up one day and explained it like he is now. Um, like, again, like you know, originally Gohan was supposed to be the person who beats Boo. So like, if if Gohan did beat Boo when he was supposed to, we would never have gotten this. So I I don't know. I don't know if he's actually if he's ever said if he always thought this up or not. Because sometimes the majority of the time he takes things up on the fly. But there are some times where he does. Think ahead of the, ahead of time, like you know, the origins of Piccolo. He knew from the moment he first drew King Piccolo, but that wasn't revealed until like a couple of arcs later. So I'm not sure. That's a good point. I do have to say that, uh, you know, yeah, it does. It is kind of pulling the rug underneath you. Oh, this is the real Boo. 
but at the same time, nothing nothing said before contradicts it. So it's, right. it's not like a like a retcon. No, yeah, it's, it's they're not they're not completely. I mean, it's a reveal, but there wasn't a lot of investment. And it doesn't on it. really change like who Boo is as a as a menace as a character. Yeah, no, I'm not really bothered but by yeah, it. Does, but. I'm not really like 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 by, oh no, I, I want Bad Boo to be the first. One. I'm not really bothered by that. It's just kind of like the placement of the of the storytelling. More so than anything, I, I have no problem with like you know, Kid Boo being the original Boo. That again, Kid Boo is kind of a fan phrase, but like uh, that's what we call him. But um, yeah, I'm not bothered by that necessarily. It's, it's just sort of like you know, like the the info dump was a bit uh, kind of like uncomfortable. It it seemed like after what we had just seen, the, all the antics inside Boo, that um, that should have been the episode title by the way, antics inside. Boo. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> But uh, it seems like all that they needed like a breather mm-hmm. to to kind of I guess set up maybe where the story was going. Like I I get the idea that maybe Toriyama had thought of this and to kind of get that set up and get all the all his ducks in a row. That's when he came up with all the all the stuff with Vegeta, which to us looks like it's stalling for time. It looks like it's backpedaling because maybe it was. That's a good point. That's a good point because he could have been like you know thinking this stuff up while he had because the Vegeta thing really was sort of like a, a distraction for all intents and purposes. There's nothing much was achieved besides you know saying that Vegeta was stronger. So it's an because it's yeah, like uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, it's, it, no, I'll just say like you know it's an interesting way of writing because like uh, I, I I think that's an interesting theory to put forth because you're so you're, so you're going on with the idea that like he actually thought this out and it wasn't just like the, the spur of the moment. Uh, flash flashback. Well, I mean, I'm thinking to an extent, like okay. Uh, I'm thinking probably by the time when he killed Gohan, he probably had the additional like idea, like okay, I'm gonna take this in another direction. I, I want to kind of reveal another version of Boo. So here we'll have them merge up. Uh, we'll throw the, the earrings. Do, that's how they do it. The earrings. We'll do that. So we'll have them merge, fight, and then uh, we need more time. Okay, they'll get sucked into Boo and. They'll have some some adventures there, you know. All that while he's while he's kind of planning this storyline, like so. It's it's a little bit of planning, but I don't still think it would take that long. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, just from from what the info dumps we get and the the level of backstory, it just seems like so much more thought out than what we saw before. With stuff with like the Z sword and and the earrings, and then old Kai just sacrificing his life and coming right back to life, like. <sighs> It just seems like to have. It seems like he either either he planned out a little more, or he just had a much better idea that he wanted to go with. He got more excited about it. He just put more effort into it, maybe. Okay, that's that's fair. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna be honest, like I think you are giving him a lot more credit than I would. I'm not saying like, you're giving more credit than he deserves, but I don't know if I would. I would because because the writing ha- at this point has been such <laughs> ultra convenient nonsense that I think that like that sort of sneak attack of like this this sort of backstory is. For me, too good to be true. But I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm, I'm just saying I'm just saying if you know, as you're telling me this, I'm like, man, that makes that makes him a lot smarter than I, I'm I'm wanting to give him credit for. Honestly, because I'm so no, angry. I, mean, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't think that approach would be without fault. Like obviously, he still backed himself into a corner, right? And changed gears halfway through. You know, if that if that's the case. Mm-hmm. Which still I don't think is the way to you know a, a good way to write. I think he probably pulls it off as best you can because doing that does give you does give your show gives Dragon Ball you know a, a very unique flavor and oh it's very unpredictable very spontaneous yeah very spontaneous but 
you know, I, th- I do think that I find this what we've seen, you know, with this with the Kai's and Boo, the revelation about Boo. I find that a lot more enticing than what we've gotten in the past of this of this saga so far. Like towards towards you know this I guess era of it with stuff like the Z Sword and the Rings and all of old Kai. Yeah, I'll give you that. It's not nearly as haphazardly ridiculous as the Z Sword or the earrings or the old Kai. Like like. Uh, yeah, again, like you know, the fact that this is this is a backstory, is cool. But like the fact that like we're we're getting this backstory at this point, it's, it's one of those things like you know like why didn't why didn't you mention this? But I guess there was no point to. So I guess I'm I'm feeling awkward of it, but it's not that yeah, big of a deal. The placement of it is is weird, and and I think I think this is something that's common that I've experienced. It's common with the show is that I like where it goes. It's just how it gets there is painful. Yeah, yeah, you said that before. I think that's a good way of expressing the ride of Dragon Ball Z. It, it, it like the, the ideas and some of the themes are great, but or, and some of the, the approaches are great, but it's just the execution sometimes. I, I think Toriyama is just. I think he has better ideas than he does storytelling ability. Sometimes I would agree, absolutely. And I mean, he's still obviously great at storytelling, and and I think. Those two aren't exclusive, or those two aren't necessarily go hand in hand. Like you can, you can have great ideas and be a great pitch man, and themes and all that, but you can still suck at selling a story. Well, and, and look at George Lucas. And it, it, <laughs> take that, Lucas. Well, in, in fairness, also this is 1995. By this point, you know he would have been knee deep, if not already, like you know, completely bled dry by Chrono Trigger, which I, like did that come out in 94, correct? Uh, do you know? I want to say 94, 95 yeah. at that time. I'm, I'm like, I'm like 90 percent positive it came out around this time. Oh, I know, I know it did. Uh, there was that. He was doing um, Dragon Quest, which he's been working on for years, like the character designs for the Dragon Quest games. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> awesome. He, uh, he, I know around the early 90s, around this time, maybe a little bit before then, he was, he would do like these yearly Toriyama manga specials. Like he would just like write a, like a one-shot comic story that had nothing to do with Dragon Ball. Like a one-shot, like, like, like a Toriyama, I think it's like Toriyama's like, you know, specialty thing or whatever. I'm not sure the actual name, but I've actually read them. Like I read, there was like one about these kids in a race car that was done around the time of the Boo arc. Um, by this point, he would have been incredibly busy. So... I think as much as much that that I want to like you know string him up and kind of put him on display to say doesn't this writing suck? He was a busy guy, and you know the popularity of Dragon Ball would put pressure on him. So I think that like any any chance that he want that he takes to you know take time out and try to make the story at least a bit more engaging or interesting by adding backstory, he's absolutely free to do that. Um, so I don't I don't. I shouldn't fault him as much as I tend to, and I tend to want to. You know, I'm I'm on the internet. I like to be angry. So, so yeah, but I, this is this is a reminder of me, uh, you know, wanting to hold back on that. That being said, there's no way you can convince me that what happens to Gohan and the others isn't just nitrous oxide fuel betrayal. <laughs> what the? <laughs> so, okay. All right. Okay. Uh, we spent this entire saga on the shoulders of Goten and Trunks are our own hope, being trained by Piccolo. Meanwhile, Gohan's getting stronger on another planet. Gohan, the guy who beats Cell, is the main character now. And Trunks and Goten are the, the future of Dragon Ball Z after him. We're going to build these characters up. They are going to become Gotenks. Gohan's going to come save the day at the very end. And the reason why Goku and Vegeta have to come back is to rescue them, or at least, you know, help fight, help fight with them. 
So yep. to go back on that, to go back on that, it, it, it I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to just leap into hyperbole because I don't like that. But it honestly feels like it, it feels very insulting. We spent so much time, like last several episodes, to rescue them, and then one episode later, pfft, they're gone. I was pissed off. I'm not even like, cause I, cause again, I read this uh, manga before I watched the episode. I guess at that point, and it was coming, but the emotions weren't there because it's been like you know a decade or so. And I was just like, oh, you did not just do that. It brings back all the, all the emotions. But I just, for uh, um, I'm gonna go this bit by bit. What you what, what I just said? What are your what are your thoughts on uh, your reaction when you saw that? The, I mean, you know, yeah, like you said, we we did get all the build up of saving them, and then it's they're dead. Everybody's dead. Like, yeah, like I was saying, just, not just people. The planet is dead, but mainly all these characters we've been invested in, and you know, rooting for, and have got so much progress made and so much development made, and that's kind of thrown out the window. So I I, I think it's. You know, I think it's a case of throwing the baby out with the bathwater as far as the, the writing goes on it. It's like, I got this new idea, so I must sacrifice everything or just toss out everything I've done before. It's like, there's got to be a better way to do that. Like, Do you think that it was just for shock value? Like, oh, fans will see this coming. Or do you think it was like... Why Why do you think uh, the writer um, did that? Like, why, 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 In your mind, like, like what, what justification or what reason there is do you, do you assume that he did that for? I think it's... Uh, probably plot con- convenience. Like, okay, you know, he, he has a direction he wants to go that doesn't include these characters. Okay. Um, and then rather than have to write them or anything, just kill them off. And and it, you know, adds credence to the bad guy again. Well, that's okay. That's a good point. And that's that's what what I'm tired of. We know how bad kid or how, how bad Boo is. He killed everyone on the planet virtually. Uh, he killed the the Dragon Ball gang. You know, he's no, he's like the most feared throughout, you know, the entire universe beyond King Kai. We don't need to put him over anymore. And exactly. I, I'm not even, I'm, I mean, like, I'm not that sad over destroying the planet. Although, at this point, once he's done that, in my opinion, he's won. Like, there is no fight, there is no saga. Boo's completely won. The Z Fighter's completely, like, right out lost. They could not stop that from happening. But, like, to take all, all the other characters with it right now, and we're, we're being kind of saddled with Goku and Vegeta, who I do like as characters. They are my favorite characters. But I don't know if I would like, if I would agree to a trade-off, you know, between the characters that, we, that we've been made to give a about, or, you know, the guys from the last arc. Because it feels like it's, 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 it's freaking <laughs> It really is. And it's yeah, it, it it's such a jib, and I mean it's similar to what we saw with with Vegito. Yeah, yeah. It's like introduction, and then crap down. Like the characters, the characters, you know, we're gonna go save them. They're gonna come back in the picture. All is not lost. Yay! You know, we got a second of rejoicing because they saved the characters. They were all knocked out, did nothing, and then Goku just leaves them. And. Uh... Like I think I think a better I think it would have been better just to kill Mr. F- Mr. Satan and Dinde, and because if you wanted to like tug you know emotionally on people for with characters deaths again, 
you know, don't do it with the characters who've died plenty of times and who you know can come back to life at least via some fashion. Do it with the two characters who have been surviving this whole ordeal without anyone expecting them to and really shock some people. You know, really, really kind of pull on the heartstrings with Mr. Satan, who we've come to affably love, you know, yeah, yeah. for no reason. <laughs> I, that's an, I, you know, that's an interesting point. Um, if. Hell, kill Dende, have Mr. Satan throw B to Goku and have him get killed, and bam. You you just turned him into a hero and wow, the would, dog lives. That would have been really sad, actually. You know, that's that's interesting. If they did die in place, that would I think that would be just like it depends on how that would happen. That, that could be cruel, but God knows it. I don't, I don't like this payoff. I mean, for one thing, I mean we've seen Dragon Ball go cruel before. Like, yeah, well, Dende has been killed before by Frieza. Exactly. Yeah. As a kid. So Tori, Tori, I mean Toriyama. I mean Toriyama has no compunction of you know holding back for for you know for the sake of reneging uh, mercy from the villains. But I mean the whole Gohan and the others thing. It, it doesn't seem cruel. It just seems like like it's completely disrespectful like to like to like the characters and their fans. It really does. It's it's not cruel. It's just like like inconsiderate for like a better phrase. Oh, I agree. Um, but that's an interesting point. If it was Dende and Satan in 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 the in their place. I it's I um because you know now Mr. Satan is, is the one remaining soul survivor of the Earth. I mean I guess that's the point that's that's the gag of it. The comic relief continued to be alive no matter what, but I don't find that funny. You know in in this instance I think that's just greeting and I'm not laughing at all of his antics anymore personally. Um, I don't know it's it's on another thing this is kind of like a fanboy nitpick thing. Gohan has survived so much <laughs> that uh. To, to see him go out like this, to see the characters go like this, asleep on the ground, you know, without any saying it, again, it, it, like, like, ah, oh, God. This, alright, I want to start to say it. This ruins the Boo Saga for me. This does. In my opinion, now, the arc is just completely unsavable at this point. I, I'm done with this arc. I am, because it's just, it's just this rampant killing, which kind of like, Restricts you from caring because it's so much at, at you know it's so much at once, and there's so little progress with this character done in that like like yo there's they're stronger but then he's stronger but then they're stronger then he's stronger it's it's just like wash rinse repeat there's no there's so little investment in stopping him because he's just like this, he's either a cliche supervillain or he has like no personality at all and it's 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 just worn me out at this point it's completely just like worn my interest dry and I want this story to end. Please let it end. Now, uh, spoilers. Uh, if you know, we only have two more episodes before it does end. But even so, it should, it should have ended before this. Uh, on top of which, you spent the, this, this whole arc building up these three, building up these three characters: Gohan, Trunks, and Goten, and then throwing them away for no reason. There is no reason. I don't think that. Tor- I mean, I think that if Toriyama thought this was being a kind of a shocking thing, you know, the shock must also come with an acceptance of that act or that bit of writing. And I don't want to. Accepted. I, I don't. I, I, I. No, no, no. This is. This sucks. Like, it, I can't. I don't. I, I. I cannot see a single positive thing that comes from this besides just pissing me off. Now that being said, in terms of the anime, the episode was terrific. I thought that was actually pretty damn cool. What about oh, you? Yeah. The, the scene where Goku is racing to rescue everybody. Uh, yes. I that was amazing. And uh, particularly the art in. 
in these last couple episodes has been really good. And I know we spoke Absolutely. in the past about you know the different kind of art duties that are that are kind of shared with the show, and I thought they were really knocking them out of the park in, in in this. Well, yeah, the animation's great. I love the the red like like color palette where he's doing because that's not the uh, the manga, but like everything's just turned red because it's so huge. And uh, just another thing, like 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 I think that you know we we gave Funimation crap earlier for like the dialogue and stuff, but I thought. They knocked it out of the park in this episode. Sean Schimmel, particularly, I really liked his performance because he sounds Goku. The, the the hero Goku loses his cool for an instant and starts panicking and, and pleading with the villain. I thought that was amazing. It's like wow, and he, he's like, "Why are you doing this? Please don't do this!" And like he just is trying to do the right thing as much as he can. I I thought that was that made up a lot for a lot of my anger, um, and like. Uh, just that scene of, of that ball on their heels, they were, they were this close from being annihilated. It was very, very thrilling. Like, like the execution of that, I thought, was great. So, I will say this. And then, which is why I was kind of torn, because I really, really like that scene. But in terms of, like, the storytelling, I hate that scene. Or at least I hate the action of it. But uh, and also, I thought it was really cool. Uh, when the planet is, is, is destroyed, we, we, go, we go to New Namek, and we see Mori and the Namekians. Which I thought was like a, a really a really nice touch. I did. That's like that. that's kind of like how the, I, I did not expect that whatsoever. And you know we see like you know uh, uh, King Kai and we see uh, like uh, Bulma and Chi Chi and Videl. Videl's referencing his underwear from that filler episode, uh, but like, <laughs> which is kind of a cool touch. But like I, I thought that like that was that that added weight to it, and I think part of my part, also part of part of why I was obsessed because like I feel that like. Uh, not enough weight on the situation was it wasn't to my liking and again this is personal but like if I were trying if I spent so much time trying to save my kids and I was on the, on the I was on the way to saving them again but at the last second I failed I would be completely horror stricken and devastated and I'm not sure if I could come, recover from that like like but like Goku's kind of like oh Goku okay Grant Goku is definitely distraught over it but I would be like just screaming and complete in agony. I would probably be like in a, in a catatonic state, and I don't get the sense that like like, like Vegeta's kind of like, kind of just gritting his teeth or whatever. It's like, oh, I can't believe he blew, blew up the Earth. I would be a lot more mad than that, and I thought that was kind of annoying. I think Vegeta showed more emotion here than than Goku did. Okay. Which I mean, it's surprising. I, yeah, I agree. They still both didn't act believably, or maybe it just hasn't sunk in yet. I I don't know, but Vegeta seems to be more angry about it than Goku even is. Which is surprising. It's it's annoying, and it's part of like why you know it's another part. Of, I, I'm I'm blaming Toriyama's writing again. Like you know you can't write a guy sad and upset over his son's death. Like because at the beginning of the episode, which is say when they set everyone down, they take really meaningful long looks at the, at their kids. Like you know like Goku has to like you know kind of like repeat repeatedly talk to Vegeta because Vegeta's like looking at Trunks the entire time for the last time. <laughs> but um they don't know that. So like there's 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 importance and weight put on the fact that like you know they've just rescued their children, and now it's like, like that that should be like a real show stopping moment the realization of how how they failed in doing so, uh, which and, and again that that's another thing I don't know like how the hell did they get that far away from them because they kind of set them down kind of kind of floated above then all of a sudden they need to like like fly a mile towards yeah. Them. <laughs> <laughs> that was the, I thought that was that was cheating in terms of like the, the storytelling right there. I was like, wait a minute, 
Because uh, you know, if, if they just, like, if they rescued him the last second and then Earth was destroyed, I think that still leaves an impact because the Dragon Balls are gone. But put leaving in the whole, uh, you know, everyone else is there too. And I was, which also means, like, you know, I guess Tien and Chelsea are toast now because they were, they were not, they weren't shown, but they were also on there. Yeah, that, that, that wasn't even, that wasn't even shown <laughs> at all. Damn it! <laughs> oh, man. Ugh. <laughs> uh. Okay, so we are now in like the last third of the boo arc, and it's kind of short. We we're, we we're, are definitely at the home stretch. This is the end. This is the final form boo takes. Earth is destroyed, and the last uh, the last remaining human alive is Mister Satan, <laughs> and we're, we're left with. Go- <laughs> well, yeah, that, that, that is kind of an ironic, but where we are now. What what are your what are your thoughts from this from the remaining of this arc? You said you said you, you, it was unpredictable. And you're interested to see where it goes. Is that correct? Yes. I uh, I, okay, I do so. agree. I see your grievances, and I agree with all of them. And I still hold out hope that the ending will make it worth it. You know, this this doesn't break me for the for the arc as it did you. <laughs> it did. Well, that's good. That's good. That's good. Excellent. But uh, you know, I do agree that it is a, it is kind of kind of crappy. It definitely, definitely flies in the face of a lot of what we've seen, a lot of what I wanted to see. But I mean, uh, yeah, it's still, it's still interesting storytelling and keep keeping me on my toes. So there, there is still that, and you know, I, I want to see where it goes. I want, I want to see where, where our story ends at. That's that. No, I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Like honestly, not just because uh, it gives a listener something to, get, to latch onto, but really just. I, I I do I do mean it though I I I'm, I'm totally through the blue arc I've I've had it with this saga, uh, and, and, and uh, it's not because I'm you know I'm I'm obviously a Gohan fanboy, it's not just oh I want, I want to beat the bad guy it's not that it's it's the storytelling of it is is it feels so crass so kind of just tossed off and ill considered that it it it's it's, it's it feels like. It's not really thinking about what it's doing. Like, you, oh, what if the others die and the planet blow up? It, it, it feels it feels so callous in its storytelling that the weight of it is isn't there for me. And I just, uh, I mean, it's 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 certainly interesting that, that that the Earth is destroyed. I mean, that is that is definitely heavy and a, and a game changer. But it's also one of those times where it's like, but he won. There is no coming back from this. Like like Boo won. They lost. How do you continue the arc from this? How do you, how do you do that? So, I don't know. I, I'm ready for this again. That's 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 what I'm left with. Although I mean, although the anime was great in that episode, I, I'm I'm done. I'm, I don't want it to be over with. And uh, luckily, we are at the end of the stretch. Have you lost your mind? 
Vegeta. Sorry. Um, so, final thoughts before we uh, close out for the episode. Uh, I, I can't believe we're, we're finally down to, like, to, the, to the wire here. Yeah. Um, we have the next episode to record, which, listeners, shall be episodes, the original episodes 278 through 282. Uh, I'll, t- I'll provide the manga chapters uh, again later. And again, I'll, I'll be providing news on the li- on the uh, Facebook page, because the Lipson page will now only be for episodes. But uh, 278 through 282 uh, will be the next, epi- the next episode of The Next Dimension. And we will end the Boo Saga, the episode after that. So two more, and we will be done with this year-long <laughs> arc of Majin Boo. And it has been a year. Okay, so uh, <laughs> Jesse, any final thoughts before we close out for the month of February? What? Maybe. <laughs> we have thoughts before we close out for this episode. Hmm. Um. No, I I, I got nothing. What What do you have? Uh, Aha! <laughs> <laughs> I'm co- I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place. I don't know what to say. Um. Knowing where the knowing where the arc takes us to, uh, and you know, not taking back what I just said, uh, I hope that it's better than I remember, and I look forward to the catharsis I feel when it hit, when it does end. And I, I, yeah, this this doesn't ruin Dragon Ball Z for me. Yeah. This is like you know, like make me hate the series and not want to do the podcast. But it's this particular story, I am anxiously awaiting its end by now. I was right all those years ago, <laughs> but. Uh, if anybody disagrees with me or us, feel free to write in. I, I at no point am I uh, allergic to dissenting opinion. If you feel like I'm wrong, if I feel like you're too harsh, or if you think my opinions were righteous and awesome, uh, whatever you think, uh, Saskia, uh, Simone, Alex, Daniel, Richborn, uh, Adam. All you guys and all, all you regulars and listeners who have not written in before, please give us your thoughts so we can talk this out and uh, just set me straight if you need to. Or me. Or no, Jesse's always right. <laughs> so uh, for the end of Earth, in, in memory of planet Earth, adieu. Thank you for listening to The Next Dimension, a Dragon Ball Z podcast. You can find the show and leave feedback at dbznextdimension.libson.com or write in for emails at dbznextdimension at hotmail.com. If you like what we're doing, please send us feedback at iTunes or like us on Facebook. Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball GT, and Dragon Ball Kai are all owned by Funimation, Toy Animation, Fuji TV, and Akira Toriyama. Dragon Ball is created by Akira Toriyama.
Why can't I get my own place? All right, all right. Um, what was the last thing I said? I think I said that like you can't convince me that. Uh... All right. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's no way you can convince me that. Like that. That phrase got hyphened off. I know it did. Okay. Okay. 